for joining us, everybody. This is Moving a Beer. This is Dan bringing us in. And we have a couple of awesome friends hanging out to play the role as co-hosts because, you know, we have many of those. Hola, me llamo Aaron. Soy an experto en español. Actually, if you speak Spanish as a, as a listener, don't write in. I am not a Spanish expert at all. I'm Aaron. I'm our guitar case expert. Today. There you are. This is your arriving to the movie late because he had crises. He's come up in his real life expert, Blake. And this is Brian. I was in film school when this film was made. Wow. Nice. So you probably know a lot about it, don't you? I know some about it. A bold assumption, okay. Daniel. A bold assumption. Yeah. Moving to beer, we're talking about Desperado. 1995, Selma Hayek, and... Antonio Banderas. Antonio. Antonio. Antonio? I don't... don't Antonio. 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 Cinco de Mayo. Happy Cinco de Mayo. All of the people in America, and which is a thing they don't celebrate in Mexico, which is kind of interesting. You know, any reason to drink. I only drink in days (laughs) that end with Y. Everyone looks at me like, really? I was like, yeah, no, give me a reason to drink. (laughs) It's a big holiday in Los Angeles and San Diego. Yes. (laughs) We knew we were going to watch this, and I happened to be pouring at the NanoFest last weekend, which was at John's Marketplace in their parking lot in southwest Portland. I walked in, and I'm like, hey, we're going to watch this like crazy shoot-em-up movie. Basically, it's called the... Pulp Fiction, South of the Border, because of the, you know, it, it also happens to have the director of that film in it. As yeah, Robert Rodriguez is very much in a similar style and direction uh, as Quentin Tarantino. Very big, bombastic. It was Tarantino-esque. There's mm-hmm, a lot yeah. of that sort of uh, style. Tar- Tarantino, I would say, is definitely a mentor for Robert. I think Rodriguez. so. Yeah. They, they both uh, kind of came of age within a couple years of each other, or Mm -hmm. were noticed, were made their big break in Hollywood. Yeah, Yeah. Tarantino tends to send up the uh, movies he grew up with, the 70s, and that kind of exploitation style. And Rodriguez just celebrates, I guess celebrates is the right word, uh, Latino culture (laughs) with lots of gun violence. I thought you said celebrates violence. (laughs) I mean, kind of, but he always casts a very, he casts heavily Latino cast, which is terrific. I love it. So like after I got done with my four hour shift of pouring beers for people at this nano fest, I went in and I walked around and they actually had a big section of Mexican import beers and they had superior, which I'd never had before, but I'd heard of and Australia and Australia is Jalisco. Australia Jalisco, I think is the full proper name. That one's the Pilsner and the other one is just classified as an adjunct lager. So basically both are made from corn as most Mexican beers are. The superior is in a smaller like stubby bottle and the Australia is in a clear, which is one of the few beers I've ever seen here in the U.S. that's in a clear bottle because you want it to get light struck and get more funky. But we'll talk about that later. (laughs) <laughs> These were really good beers. Mm-hmm. I, I picked out something for Cinco de Mayo that I thought would go well with this very shoot 'em up movie because having seen the previews and heard about it and remembered a little bit about it, it, it seemed like a pretty amazing film, but it has a whole lot of really good actors and actresses in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, uh, like Antonio Banderas has mentioned, Selma Hayek, Cheech. Cheech Moran. Yeah. Steve Buscemi, who kind of does a little bit of the entry first, I don't know, half hour or so. He, he's the one telling mm-hmm. the story. Yeah, if the framing the framing and the kind of intro monologue. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Carlos Gomez is in it. I don't know what else he's been in, but he's pretty high build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Danny and Trejo. Danny Trejo, who, who plays the, yes, you know he's going to die because he does in every film. Bad guy who throws knives at people. Yeah. Me- Mexican gangster. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. His archetype. Also, uh, Quentin Tarantino mm-hmm. was in this film. Mr. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Foot uh, himself. Yeah. Yep. He was he was one of pickup the... Pickup guy. Pickup guy and got three bullets in the head, but... 
but we uh, digress. One of the factoids, uh, the the trivia that I read about this is that I mean, despite having so many stars in the cast, owing to budget constraints, this whole film was done with exactly two stuntmen. Wow, that's amazing. Because there was a lot of people hitting walls and flying through windows and yeah. falling off buildings, falling off buildings, yeah, backwards. <laughs> And like two guys to do all of that. That's a lot. That's a lot of work. And and we, we spotted like we think the the priest in the church was the same guy as the doctor who walked in. Like mm-hmm. they didn't stretch the budget very far in getting actors. Yeah. You know, whatever. It happens. Uh, so you Blake had mentioned that this is number two in a trilogy. Oh yeah. The uh first movie is El Mariachi, where it was not Banderas, it was a different actor playing a musician who got his guitar case mixed up with a gangster who hid ga- guns in a guitar case. Mm-hmm. And then this one's Desperado, the sequel, where he comes back now with more budget and more action and gun violence. And then the third is Once Upon a Time in Mexico, where Johnny Depp says the immortal line, are you a Mexican or a Mexicant? <laughs> Which is great. Which is, it makes me crack up every time. Because he's also having a white guy say it. Yeah. Well, there's, there's some pretty memorable, but... I mean, you can tell like super low budget because they shot this in like one sound stage. They didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, there was two areas they shot it in at the compound with the big red wall mm-hmm. surrounding the compound, and then in town. And in town, it's just like any town in Mexico, pretty much. That bar is a real bar in Mexico, though. Really? Yeah. Uh, uh, it's uh, like the first one or the second one. Uh, I wonder how many nerds do that. Maybe it's a pilgrimage site. Well, there was a bunch of white people that kept walking into both. And you're just like, why are all these white people here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it seemed like a riff on Tijuana, TJ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That feels like a thing white people do. We just kind of walk around everywhere. Yeah, and, and pretend like we own the place. Well, we do. So yeah. I put this flag here. There you <laughs> go. Hey, and your beer tastes like piss. That's because we piss in it. <laughs> one of the memorable lines of, yes. of the movie very memorable and, and there was also some really the first opening part of the film had this big neon sign over the door that he walked out of out of the bar which didn't make any sense and i still don't quite get it and it, it had this like what is it said it said the client is always, always wrong. wrong and you're like why why does it say that is it like a like a stab at like the people who wouldn't give him money and make a film to start with. I think it's what? kind of just setting the the context, setting the culture of that particular bar, to just say like, "Hey, we we got our our cheap beer. We, we got you know, we're, we're not here to cater to, you know, to anything that's going to be too too big of a lift." Too, yeah, too but we could also really drill down in it because the first shot of that neon sign, all we saw was the word "wrong." Correct, yeah. and it actually <laughs> appeared. In a story that someone was telling. Oh my God, Brian, you're right. Yeah, and that story was not true. The, the story, story was, was not true. It was yeah. part of the myth making of El Mariachi. Right. Yeah. Nice. Well, they did. So the bad guy keeps saying he's real. He's real. He's gonna. You know, he just shot up the bar and and, and his like right hand man and the other guys are like, no, it's a myth. You know, the the guy with the guitar case. It's a myth. You know, we don't believe it. And it's like, no, he's really real. But then the plot spoil happens. The twist at the end. Did not see that coming. I didn't see it coming either. I thought it was the dude he was looking for was the boss of the guy that he was going after. And that still may be the case. Potentially. Because yeah. the guitar case. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole thing is he's going after the person who murdered while he was standing there next to her, his girlfriend. And then he was holding his hands up like, why'd you shoot her? And they shot him in the hand. And then he couldn't play guitar as well Correct. anymore. Yeah. So that's why he picked up guns, and he's like, I'm going to get vengeance. But the thing yeah, is... Yeah, so it was uh, basically a revenge plot. 
yeah. as a yeah. standard. And let's bring up the point. This movie is very high on style and very low on stop, substance. Love it. So, I, the the plot is very straightforward and very basic. It's, it's like eating a bag like of foreign pits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like eating a bag of foreign potato chips. They're not doing anything for you, but they sure taste good. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it was so predictable that like I'm literally saying the lines before 30 seconds or like seconds before they say them. I'm like, oh, I know exactly what they're going to say yeah. now because the plot yeah. and the, the the dialogue is really thin. Uh, Dan yeah. and I were trading off in that game. Yeah, <laughs> But it's a fun fun film to watch with friends, I think. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, right. th- there's nothing wrong with style. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not, it, not every I, movie has to be a heady Di- dialogue about humanity and, and man's place in nature. Right. Some of you just want to watch Antonio Banderas fire guns at an extreme close up to hide how untrained everyone is with their guns. Well, we, if you we, want, we looked at that. We, we examined that a little bit. I was going to say, if you want that sort of cartoony Tarantino where the, the violence is like over the top by like not just a little bit, but a like lot. three steps, you know? Yes, please. It, it has definitely that feel to it. There were some amazing sound effects that was happening. Like, so they're on the comp, they're at the compound and like there's like fighting happening in like this whole fight club like little you know pin to prove your manliness. And join join the family. Join the family. If you can beat the guy up, you can join the family. And it's literally like cartoonish. Poing tong. I like yeah, it's literally. kind of black belt theater type sound effects with the punches and the kicks. I, I love a good wata in a uh, Bruce Lee movie. It was hilarious. Or that whoosh sound the fist make. Oh yeah. <laughs> But yeah, like like Tarantino pulls from the, the that era of film. I think Brian was saying like you know, Rodriguez is kind of the same way. He loves film. He's going to pull from what he knows, and he grew up with exploitation that good good aging poorly exploitation films from the seventies, like Shaft and, and yeah, and ooh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the music was interesting along this film as well. They, I, you know, the the sound editing and. They matched, I think, the music pretty well, but mm-hmm. like most of it was like English music and not it, Los, Los Lobos. Uh, I think it did a lot of the soundtrack, the, uh, but uh, Antonio Banderas did all of his own guitar work oh, in this film, learned. which was, uh, I, I, I mean, that, that's really surprising because yeah. they cut cut to the hands a lot. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was definitely a, a, a guitar double, a hand, yeah. In, yeah. A, stand, a hand in, yeah, a hand in, <laughs> hand in stand in, <laughs> a, a real musician playing yeah. the guitar. Yeah, but That's I awesome. guess uh, yeah, they said the the budget was seven million dollars, and Antonio Banderas had an NPR interview at some point where he said like they cut a lot of corners on the budget. You know, there were some you know crane shots that they did where it's just like not with like, a safety gear that yeah. they would. And, and he said he would never do that again. But <laughs> um, but you know, it's a movie like they they justifiably I think you know they could be proud to have made it. it it's a it's a good film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I enjoyed it. I think we all enjoyed it. I enjoyed the RPG guitar case. There was yeah no so there there was at the end there what? he called his buddies like the Samahaya convinced him well you got to call your buddies because we're gonna kill them. And his buddies show up, and one has these two guitar cases that have like automatic, like probably M60 caliber weapons in them. Sure. But the cool thing was, is the case had a little expend. Like you yeah, don't see sh- where the, to the shoot M- out like, shells, so the shells mm-hmm. can fly out. And then the other one was literally like a rocket launcher, and it was this funny, like almost foot long but really skinny rocket. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's not real. It's like a model like, rocket. A model rocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those water rockets that you'd fill it with water and you'd pump it full of pressure and then hit the thing. And it'd but it sure it. blew shit up. It did. Well, it <laughs> well, took two hits on the car because the car was bulletproof. Well, the sure yeah. was. Well, you're not going to ride around in a Robert Rodriguez movie with a non-bulletproof car. I didn't realize that he called his buddies that they were also just 
set musician assassins. And now I'm thinking about that Donald Duck band, uh, Three Caballeros. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you're welcome for me not being here for that part to just keep referencing that over and over. Yeah. Not in, speaking, in a- speaking of not being here for that part, uh, Selma Hayek brought her parents and her brother to the opening screening of this film. Ooh, titties and all. And there is a sex scene between her and Antonio Banderas where she made her family wait in the lobby for the duration of it. Oh, so, no. That's adorable. <laughs> which is was fantastic. It makes me love uh, Selmita even just a little bit more than I already did. But yeah. uh, but so you probably have gathered, this is, you know, it's a fun movie. It's a great movie. I wouldn't recommend it for kids. No. Um, Why? I mean, unless, <laughs> unless you can just like well, let, have them leave about, the room and fast forward to let, that part. Let's the talk about the original NC-17 rating, Blake. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the MPAA wanted to hit it with the NC-17, and they had to cut a lot of the gun violence. Like, there's a scene towards the end where he's about to face off with the final boss, and it fades to black. Because Rodriguez just, instead of leaving in the chopped up, poorly slapdash together remaining scenes, he's like, let's just fade out. Like, this will just, it'll be better just to fade out and not have whatever's left after cutting for what the studio says we have to do. Yeah, yeah, but which I admire him for. And, and the question, this is definitely an R-rated movie. Yeah, there, there's a hard. high yeah. body count anyway. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Right. The way they did the blood squibs, instead of doing like exploding bags, they shot like blood out of the guns. Like they shot blood at people, huh. which looked too realistic, and they had to cut a bunch of those. <laughs> <laughs> which is great because that means you're doing a good job. It's just you wouldn't be able to sell. No one can sell an NC-17 movie. It's meant that's meant right. to be like death nail. Essentially, just so provocative that you just you it's an extra layer of security for people to watch it it's impossible to sell R R is hard enough to sell these days probably a lot of theaters would wouldn't wouldn't even run it i don't think so yeah no some of the violence that was left in though was like not that realistic like antonio like his character was walking along a wall having been stabbed in the arm (laughs) <laughs> it's just this is giant down. trail of Tra- blood that trail, was just uh, uh, like a slug trail of blood <laughs> yeah. along the, the wall and, right. it, and it like amazing. really big too it's like wow man you'd be dead if you lost that much yeah. blood yeah. And that pints and pints and pints <laughs> right. i was like what the heck it's D rules you just lose a lot of blood and in your hit points and when you get back at get back up it's just i'm pouring it right in yeah but if that's a, that how much blood on the wall how much is like filling up his suit you know it's yeah like, man <laughs> And, and, you know, he did get stabbed and shot a bunch, but he kept going. He's got that John Wick thing where it's like, I'm just going to get shot 50 times or in the neck, in the shoulder. That's and a big get 80s stabbed. thing. It's stabbed in both arms, stabbed in the back, stabbed in the leg by knives, what? throwing knives, which went in a couple inches. It's this romantic ideal that love overcomes. He, he was so driven, enamored. Driven by the love and yeah, revenge. By the love of this woman who was murdered that he can overcome physical reality because his feelings and his emotion are just that powerful. So John Wick did that for the dog? No. I'm going to, yes. I, <laughs> this, well, is a, one, this is a yes. romance film. I, I think he was a revenant. And he <laughs> and and he just couldn't be stopped until the mission of revenge was accomplished. That's, there you go. I, that's a theory I hadn't considered, Brian. I, I, Thank I you for sharing that theory. It's probably true too. I think it's just Robert Rodriguez doesn't give a shit about realism. <laughs> There's probably a lot more to that than anything else, but but then it could be some of the more realistic parts were cut, removed for the the mm-hmm, rating mm-hmm. issue we mentioned uh, yeah. earlier. Too. Hey, but the um, kid did get shot in the end, or or got shrapnel or something they didn't really yeah. show that happen but they showed him it's like he he calls his friends in to help him out 
they die on the street or get shot on the street and he leaves them for the little kid. He just like tried to teach how to play his guitar and it's like, and he met this what? kid like a week earlier. Yeah. yeah he's like, got these what? lifelong friends who are helping him through a, you know, a, a violent scenario. And uh, yeah, okay, they died in the street. Oh, but this 10-year-old I met that I was teaching how to play a few guitar chords. Who's a drug, you know, drug dealer kind of thing. Like a mule. A mule. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, and he knew what he was doing too. He's like, no, I want my dad to just sit and watch TV. He doesn't have to do anything. It's great. I'm Which like, I, no, that's not right. Admirable family values in a way. However. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a good impulse to to make your family's life easier. But uh, I, I would not suggest running drugs as the, the method to achieve that. That's questionable. It would have been great if you told me that a month ago. (laughs) Blake, Blake, we'll talk later. We'll talk later. The hell we will? What are you wearing, a wire? Oh, no. No, just uh, ignore the guitar case in the corner. Okay, (laughs) okay, yeah, yeah. What about that drum set? (laughs) So uh, uh, I don't know if we're going to pivot to beers. We can. No, let's not talk about beers this episode. (laughs) (laughs) As we do... Movie and a movie. Movie and a movie. We also watched... (laughs) We've, we, we on occasion have the opportunity to know what we're watching ahead of time. As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we, meaning I, was at one of the bigger bottle <laughs> the shops. The royal we. The royal we was at one of the Wee. bottle shops. And I was walking around and, I, and they had. I'm going to say Dan is beer royalty. That, they, that flies. That's they, acceptable. They had a bunch of different nationally produced and distributed crap. And then they had some that I had not recognized. The Australia I had before. And I wanted to get that again because I know it tastes good. But the Superior has actually been around since like 1896. Really? It's old. This this recipe's been around a long time. Cool. Pre-Mexican Revolution. Mm. Yes. I also knew that was correct. I'm not <laughs> bad at history. Dan, uh, real quick, you were saying one of these was made with corn. So both of these are, are adjunct beer. So they're both made with corn, Does, typically. like. Is corn similar to hops where if you get it from a different regional taste ever? Okay, I didn't think so, but I was really curious. I know yeah. you can get like, you know. Well, corn is obviously different everywhere it's grown based on right. the soil and stuff. It's going to taste a little different, but they use that as the sweetening agent instead of oh, malt. It uses okay. corn. It may have a little bit of malt or wheat in it, but it's primarily going to be corn as the agent they use. That's why it tastes kind of like corn. Very cool. Thank you. A little bit. These Both of these have a very light and not very hoppy bitter profile. The Australia... So the first one we had was the Estrella Jalisco Cerveza Dorado, 4.5%. It's kind of pale. It's in a clear clear bottle, which I find totally amazing. And it's got the little logo star stamped on the glass. It's It actually looks really interesting. I found this once at Fred Meyer in Hollywood District, and I've never seen it since then. Hmm. But they had it, again, at John's Marketplace. And I was very, very happy that they had it because I really wanted to get it again having had friends that had spent time in Mexico and said, yeah, that was one of the better beers I'd ever had there. Nice. Like, yeah, we got to get back on that one. I, I, we started with that one. It's kind of crisp, has very light aftertaste versus the Superior has a lot of aftertaste. It, it kind of lingers. It's not bad. Thoughts, I, I, thoughts I, I on like, the first one? I liked it. I liked it. It was, it was I, would, I would describe it kind of you know, lighter, crisper. Um, it, it kind of, if, if I were to actually be in Mexico, like I, I have, and the heat is... Something to account for. I'll say it that way. And and that beer would be just so delicious on. A, it was delicious here, but it'd be really delicious on a hot day. Yeah. So you wouldn't need to necessarily put a lime in it. No. It it, it goes very well with the movie. Um, I would say, you know, as someone who lived in Los Angeles for twenty years, uh, I like my mass-produced Mexican beers, my Dos Equis and my. Uh, 
<laughs> Coronas. Coronas, etc. It was reminiscent of it. It was better. Yeah. Um, but it felt very familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was great to go with a, a you know an entertaining movie. Definitely. I abstain. <laughs> it's all good. As yeah. Aaron said, it's it's refreshing. It is. It's, it's a refreshing. It's not movie. a heavy beer at all. Yeah. Right. This, the second one that we had, Superior, which is um, classified just as an adjunct lager. Cerveciaria. I'm not even going to try to <laughs> say these words because they're really, they have like a whole bunch of letters that I don't know how to pronounce in a row. But this is again. It was this brewery was founded in 1896 in Mexico. And this is only like a 3.6% beer, and it's a small stubby glass or stubby bottle, which is really, and it's brown, so it's going to hold up to being in a light environment, whereas the the Australia is in a clear bottle. And again, it's like they do that so it gets skunky. They do that purposely. Well, it's cheaper, A, and it's printed. I don't think it's actually a label. I think it's printed on the bottle directly. Mm -hmm. It feels Mm -hmm. like it. Yes. Whereas the Superior is just like a paper label, like cheap. The the Australia actually is uh, etched with the uh, the symbol of the brewery too. Yeah, like it's pretty cool. So Dan, uh, why would you want it to get skunky? Because that's the purpose of the recipe. Ask that of any Heineken or any Grolsch or any Rolling Rock. Uh, the, Bottles that are green get more skunky because they're green because it pulls in the kind of light that mm-hmm. force that allows that bacteria that's still floating around in the beer to get more skunky. This would be, it's going to get lights drunk. It's also going to heat up faster. Right. Because it's going so, to like So what light. will that do to the flavor? It just makes it skunk flavored. So it like adds horse a layer, piss. adds complexity. Yeah. Adds well, yeah, it can. It also is going to change. That's a nice way to say it. it. I like, I, it, no, that's an actual legit flavor for those styles of adds beer. Adds horse piss? Horse piss. <laughs> I'm getting, hey, that's no, no, a horse your, piss. Your beer tastes like piss. No, that's because we pissed in it. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's sort of the point. Fine barnyard notes. It is. There are barnyard notes. I'm getting I'm getting notes of feral cat and straw. I'm gonna say I liked the Australia a lot. Actually, uh, between the two, uh, I think I like that a little bit uh, better. Uh, the the Superior um, has to be really cold. When it warms up, it just gets flat and rounded. What, I was gonna say it, it didn't it didn't linger on the palate very long. It had a real quick finish. It felt yeah. like I was drinking it, and then it like almost immediately it showed itself out. So but, to speak. but you mentioned it tasted kind of spicy. Yeah, on, on, that on first, the first mm-hmm. sip. Yeah, it gets sticky. That's the terminology that you would use. So it's, it get it kind of lingers on the on the back of the palate or on the tongue a little bit. It, I call it tongue coating, but you can also say it gets sticky, and that's mm-hmm. you know unlike other things, it gets sticky and or are sticky immediately. This one, you Blake, know, when you tell first... us some things that are <laughs> sticky, bourbon, bourbon, uh, bourbon. gack, boogers, uh, stickers. I know it's a little easy. Yeah, uh, car probably, tires, probably sometimes car aliens. Tires. Well, if they're melted, sure. Shoes. Shoes, if they're melted, sure. Gum. Hot asphalt. Ah, gum's gross. Don't ever chew so, gum. Gum's gross, guys. Don't chew so it. So I will say that Back to the, the, beer. the price range, the price <laughs> range on beer these, and gum. I was actually really surprised because, so these were about $1.40 a bottle for the Australia and Ooh. the Superior were, even though it's a smaller bottle and less alcohol, were $1.60 a bottle. I was like, what? That's how they get you. Huh. Yeah. But so wow. like a six pack each was, you know, like eight bucks. Yeah. I'm like, I, I can afford that. That's, That's a good price reasonable. Point. Yeah. Especially since they were cold and not mm-hmm, just pulled mm-hmm. off the shelf, as we've learned in previous episodes not to do. Shed a tear for Black Hole Sun. I know, right? Yeah. We've talked a Why bit about the about movie. Sun, we've talked about the beers. Do we want to? Is there a, a, a favorite moment we want to mention? I like the part of the movie I was there for the gunfight at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, what about Antonio Banderas 
falling off a roof and using his gunfire, yeah. firing upside down backwards to propel him to the roof next door. I'm sorry, the alley. what? That's amazing. I forgot that happens. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, Carolina stitching up Antonio and Banderas the first time and kind of enjoying the pain she's inflicting on right. him. She, she pulls out this <laughs> ginormous bullet from and, his arm and, and she's and like got laughs the, the whole way and he, she's got tear, the skin she's off like skin. flopping it around yeah. it, and it's like it, it's it's like oh it's, it's, here goes the zombie yeah here goes the yeah. zombie film it's like literally it's like, like that's so not realistic but yeah I can see how they're doing it because it's like they want to gross you out and the best part is Antonio Banderas is like well why didn't you take me to a hospital and she like literally holds up a textbook saying well I'm just reading how to do it right here yeah because <laughs> she owns a bookstore she, she also says I would I wouldn't Send anyone there. And he <laughs> carries this little kid that he loves. The 10-year-old. The 10-year-old to the hospital at the end. You know, you know, she's not going to stitch up that wound. Yeah. Maybe the twist is that he hated that little kid and he wanted him to die in the hands of the hospital staff. That way it's the hospital's fault. Not there his. you go. See, my then, favorite thing was when they brought the kid into the operating room, none of the nurses or doctors had their mask up. Right. And they're all just walking in. They didn't scrub up. This was pre-COVID. Come on. <laughs> and then... The doctor looks at Antonio's character and says, get out of the room. And it's like, you guys are like, really? Okay. That's funny. It would have been funny. No, it was funny. It would have been better if he was like smoking a cigarette or something. (laughs) (laughs) Or or dipping, just spitting in a cup. uh, There was another scene where uh, a wound was cauterized with a cigarette. Uh, Yeah. yeah, Ah, the most clean thing you could cauterize with, a cigarette. Yep. 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 As long as it doesn't get infected. That's where you care just a little bit, but not enough to actually go and do it the right way. That's where you pretend to care. (laughs) But have I thanked you yet? Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> Twice in the movie that, that happened. He keeps asking the was it three new times? girls. Oh, was it three times? Have Will I, have Will I, three. Have have I, I thanked you yet? Yeah. yeah. So that's the call sign. We're going to make another third. Oh, it happens in threes. It always does. Mm-hmm. All right. Any any other thoughts on this wonderful, wonderful film? I, th- I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was a good watch. It wasn't terribly long. It was like, what, an hour 40, hour and a half? It's, it's like 40. carbs. It's you know like, like satisfying while you're while you're in the midst of it, but then afterwards it's like oh, it was fun. Um, it was fun. It okay, was fun. Yeah. It's, it's good to watch with friends. Yes. I, yeah, I wouldn't yes. watch this alone by myself. Correct. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And the beers went well. I I think and I would agree. I think the Australia went a little bit better than the Superior. The Superior was like eh, a little heavier in mm-hmm. the profile, but it lingered also. So it mm-hmm. coated the tongue. So I was like, do I do I want that? Maybe maybe not. But there's so many other cheap beers out there that you can get that are imported or made here in America that say they're imported. What well, it's imported? It's imported from the truck to the grocery store. Correct. <laughs> it's called domestic import. Domestic. You're, don't call me domestic. I don't, uh, you, just because I don't know what it means doesn't mean it's not an, an insult. <laughs> are we going to rename Australia? I'm going to Desperado. Oh, I looked at the list, but I just I, I just would call it a Desperado because it's a really cool name for a beer. Yeah, I mean, there's like 230. That's part of why I just picked Desperado. I don't want to read, read through all those. Yeah. So do we? You know, while you guys think about it, I'll say real quick: if you want to have just like a day drinking, just Robert Rodriguez trilogy, El Mariachi, Desperado, and uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico collection of cheap Mexican beers. Get some. Not to be offensive, but nachos and just good snacky. Some burritos with the friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Lots of green sauce. Is that traditional Cinco de Mayo? I have no idea. I celebrate Cuatro de Cinco. (laughs) Cuatro de Cinco. And and so, okay, does anyone actually know 
what Cinco de Mayo is and where it came from or any of that? Because it's, it's it, I'm it, curious to know if it's celebrates. That's a that's minor the, battle. Oh, go ahead, Brian. Go oh, ahead. I thought it was the Independence Day for Mexico. It is not. No, it, it is celebrates. A, it was a minor victory in a in a war um, that doesn't even apply to the entirety of the the Mexican nation at this point. Isn't really celebrated in Mexico itself, no, but it, the, the, the the Latina uh, that diaspora. It's, it's when in all of Southern States. California gets drunk. Yeah. So the it, anniversary it, of Mexico's victory over the Second French Empire at the Battle of Puebla in 1862, yeah, led by General Ignacio Zaragoza. Blake, you read up on this. I, I'm, I'm I read li- literally from my phone. <laughs> I was <laughs> giving you credit like right you now. This. Yeah. No, yeah. Well, you see me holding up here. <laughs> Like but my a book report. I'm not a historian like of of Mexican history, but I, my understanding is like that was it was a kind of a not a huge turning point in, in terms of the war. It wasn't a major battle, but it was something big enough to celebrate. It sounds like it's more of a uh, not moral victory, but just it's something to to for morale. Mission accomplished. Here, yeah, <laughs> it says here the victory of a smaller, poorly equipped Mexican force against the larger and better armed French army was a morale boost for the Mexicans. So it's kind of the 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 Spartans three hundred versus all of uh, Mesopotamia. Yes, like I, it, you know, I was going to suggest Persia, uh, David and Goliath, Persia, Persia. Thank you. That's, You're Persian. That's a great callback. I was going to say George Washington leading troops across the Delaware River. There you go. Yeah, but, no. you know, yeah. Well, same same. <laughs> thing. Not, not a pivotal battle, but something that kind of rallied the troops. Yeah, as it were. Yeah. All right. So if we're going to do this, so beer name rename game. So we do. The official title is Plot Keyword Beer beer Name Rename Games. For those kids out there that haven't heard us do this yet, you go to IMDb, you look up whatever show or movie you're wanting to do this with. About halfway down the page, if you're looking at it on a browser, you'll find a little section that has these words that are circled. And and it'll say, you know, plot keywords. You can also just Google search plot keyword the movie. Correct. And it'll take you to the page. Because there's sometimes a lot, and these are user-submitted, so if you're our member or have signed up with IMDb, you can submit and then also rank them. Is this you know relevant or not? And this movie has a lot. Like you said, there's it's like... A cult, it's a cult classic. People love and like, I, I guarantee you Evil Dead's got like 300 yeah, minutes. Evil Dead, yeah, sure. this has 222. We quickly scroll through the list and then figure out, A, what beer we want to rename, and then how to rename it. And you can use the words in any combination. I, I'm saying Desperado for whichever beer you guys want to pick. All right, That's, so, I would, so, I would yeah. absolutely, I would absolutely, I would absolutely drink a beer named Desperado. Desperado. My vote is Tough Girl. Ooh, that's Ooh, good. That's interesting. I'm gonna call it Pistolero. Ooh, Ooh yeah. oh, that's even better. All right, Dan, cap us off with the best one. All right, no pressure, no, no pressure, pressure Dan. None. I've, I actually picked one out, and then I started scrolling through more, and I was like, oh, let's just call it Neo Western. Western. Nah. No, <laughs> no I, I like or, that. That's good. Either that or Poetic Justice. Oh, po- you can't, you can't I, get poetic two. Justice. I would drink a bottle of Poetic Justice. Hey, 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 don't give him two. That's cheating. <laughs> he said his one. <laughs> get over it. Oh. Our, our, miss, our off-missing <laughs> co-host Randall gets that one. He wins. He wins. He does. <laughs> okay. All right. Congratulations to Randall. On yes. your, uh, <laughs> your, you won it by proxy. No, those, are, those are all phenomenal names. Yeah. I like them. Again, we all really enjoyed the film. I think these beers went well with it. I, I think we're all thumbs up on it. If you have yes. an opportunity to celebrate Cinco de Mayo, do it safely with your friends and family. Mm-hmm. Don't do stupid stuff outside in the bars and restaurants and things. You know, do it, do it personal. Don't, don't get into a big gun war with a local crime boss. Exactly. Right. Don't go shooting up your local bar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even if the beer t- tastes like piss and they pissed in it. <laughs> or if you do, get a bulletproof car. Actually, don't. <laughs> <laughs> just just awesome. don't shoot up your bar. 
Yes, yeah. don't shoot up the bar. That's important. As always, the uh, opinions expressed during the tipping of this episode are those of the hosts. And, you know, I want to thank everyone for hanging out and listening and enjoying this wonderful film and these hearing about us rant about these beers a little bit. Find something fun to drink and enjoy your Cinco de Mayo. Do or make sure whatever. you hydrate or you're going to dehydrate. Or you will dehydrate. You'll, you'll, I don't know how to say that, Espanol. I, I refuse to try the accent. Agua, I am not. por favor. Agua, Ooh. por favor. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I'll go por favor. So have a good one, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is Dan signing out. This is Aaron, uh, Feliz Cinco de Mayo. Bang, bang, bang. This is Blake. This is Brian, Vaya con carne. Mm-hmm.